Before this week's episode starts, we would just like to include a trigger warning. Um, sometimes we talk about things that can um, bring up some memories or trigger people. Um, there are some topics sometimes that we talk about that are rough and may not be suitable for little ears. Um, just want to give you a trigger warning before this week's episode starts. We appreciate you listening. And we like to talk about the hard things, but we also don't want to cause any harm to anybody. So um, viewer discretion is advised sometimes, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. And before we really get into today's episode... I uh, just want to let you know that next month we'll have no episodes um, of me and Taylor talking or doing anything. We're going to take a break for the holidays. You'll still have uh, a Kingdom of Misfits that'll be every other week, but we will be um, taking a break for the holidays so we can spend time with family, fundraise. If you want to support us going on missions, we are extremely, and I mean extremely close to having our full budget we only need maybe nine people to give monthly for us to be on the field so if you if you feel led to help us in any way just contact the podcast or contact one of us personally we will get with you um but we're really going to be trying to get some stuff done get some fundraising done and spend time with our families for the holidays so um you'll have every other week episodes but we will be taking a break um so this week we're talking about something um that's not really just controversial in the apostolic world i haven't really heard anybody talk about it in apostolic world um but it's a very big deal everywhere else um taylor how many self-help books have you read in your life think there any of them are really self-described self-help but like introspective books I have quite a few yeah I've read a lot of self-help books in my life I guess as a woman we really women are a little more susceptible to this but we're talking about self-love and the self-love culture that we have today um and you're probably gonna be like what's What's wrong with self-love? I mean, hmm. so, so we have a lot to say. Um, where this kind of sparked for me, and I guess I can tell you the story. Uh, one day I was in Hobby Lobby and I was going to buy yarn because I crochet. And <laughs> I was looking at the Christian book section just because it's the only place right in our area to get Christian books in person. So I I was looking and I saw this pink book that said, you're not enough. And I was like, what? (laughs) No. (laughs) I like, I walked away. And then the next time I went back, I picked it up again and I looked at it again and it said, you're not enough. And that's okay. Uh, Escaping the toxic culture of self-love. And I was like, huh? What? Um, and I picked it up and decided to read it and it has changed my life completely. 
Um, I've probably read it four times now. I've given this book to countless people. Um, it's by Ali Beth Stuckey. If you want to read it, you can get it at Hobby Lobby. They still sell it at Hobby Lobby. Amazon. It's on Audible. Um, I've listened to it several times. I'd listened to it twice in one day, one day at work. Because <laughs> I was just in shock at how life-changing this is. Because we are all susceptible to self-love and we've probably all heard it men and women alike that you need to just love yourself more Uh, women need to love their bodies love who they are love everything and men need to love their masculinity and I don't know what all they yell at men I don't know I'm not a man but I'm sure there's a lot of things they push on men to love themselves as well and love who they are and their masculinity. Taylor's been very quiet. He's just staring at me. Um, but like, there's there's a lot to talk about, and I have like a whole list of things. But is there one thing? So to preface most of this, we're not saying that having what's the word self confidence is bad. Having self confidence is good, and a lot of times. In these self-help books, we, there are good motivations, you know, you should, especially if it's short-term or, you know, it's trying to encourage you to reach a goal or something like that. The motivations aren't bad. What happens a lot of times, and as Bailey discusses it a little bit more in depth, you'll notice that some people just get so gung-ho on these self-help and self-books that they become self-sufficient, self indulging self reliant and as Christians that's not okay because the Bible and our whole faith teaches us that we're not self sufficient we're not self reliant we're not reliable as individuals and that's where it can, where the self help culture is going further and further into that extreme individualistic humanistic nature and that's when it becomes a problem now if you just need some motivation go for it. Get your motivation. You know, encourage yourself. The Bible does say to encourage yourself, you know, but it doesn't say that you're the one that you need to rely on. You should rely on God. So before you're like, oh, well, I can't stand. I can't believe they just said self-help is not good for the soul. Well, baby, let me tell you something. To an extent, everything is good, but taking it too far is bad. And that's that's with everything. That's with everything, including self-help and self-care and self-love. Yeah. So. Um, We're all born flawed. Uh, We were born flawed from the beginning. Well, Adam and Eve weren't flawed at first. But ultimately what happens with Adam and Eve is, you know, they fall because they're not perfect. Even, yeah, they were in a perfect environment made by a perfect creator, perfect everything. They were not perfect. We are all in flesh. And so to say that we are enough, this fleshly human me is enough is not right. If we are enough, we have no need for a creator. No need for a savior that goes and dies on a cross. We have no need for that. A lot of new age belief, especially if you if you're dealing with like mantras and chakras and crystals and all this stuff, 
A lot of deeply held New Age belief is that the humanity, the human, the human self is perfect deep on the inside. It's our environment and everything around us and maybe even our bodies that are imperfect. But the human spirit or will at the very center of it all is perfect or that there's this little God or goddess locked inside of us that's just screaming to get out. And if we can just open our third eye or if we can just learn to accept ourselves for who we are, then we we are self-sufficient, self-made that it'll come out. And so... Now I forgot where I was going. My brain just literally stopped. But yeah, so a lot of new age belief is that is that. So and a lot of the new self-help books, even um, outside of the Christian faith, let's start there, are all deeply rooted in some of that new age theology and thought process and ideologies. And then you have you see it pressuring on the church, and you see, and I'm talking about the church as a whole, not just apostolics, not just Baptist, not just Methodist, not just Catholic. I'm talking about the church as a whole, Christianity as a whole, from left to right. You see a lot of this self help coming up in the church, and if you can just learn to love yourself, God can use you, baby. God loved you with your flaws. You don't, you know, don't worry about you. you it, and I think who we were listening to somebody today getting prepared for this. I really liked how she worded it. She was talking about how there are some churches, some, not all, keyword, um, go out and they, you know, love, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And a lot of churches twist that, or some theologians and preachers twist that to say, well, if you don't love yourself, you can't love other people like you're supposed to. And that's not what that scripture is saying at all. It, it's saying, if you translate and study it and look it up, it's saying inside everybody is a basic level of loving yourself because you're going to take care of yourself. You're going to do some basic things and treat yourself good. But that same goodness you treat yourself to, like a meal or bathing or something, you should show that same kindness towards somebody else. Some basic human decency towards your neighbor. And so that's a really twisted way. And we, and like I said, we're seeing this ideology slowly creep into a lot of churches and sermons, and and because everybody's so gung ho on, we got to get ourselves right. If, if that's what it took, it, we wouldn't need Jesus. If we, we just had to, Bible. if we just had to get ourselves right, we we wouldn't need Jesus. Yeah, and we wouldn't have the Bible and the people that were in the Bible. I guess since you brought that up, I'll, Ali, if you. Um, I'll read you something because, okay. So like he said, it's, it's that natural, like way we take care of ourselves. Unless you're like in a depressed episode, like even then you, even in your depression, you do things to take care of yourself. Like you would eat, you would, you know, sometimes I know, I know depression. There are extreme cases. cases. I get it. I've been there, done that. Um, But there are basic things that we do to take care of ourselves we are supposed to treat people that way and it's absurd to say that I have got to get some self-confidence before I can love other people oh guess what the world ain't waiting on you baby neither is that person on the street that needs a food or a plate or some or a coat on their back they ain't waiting on you to get it right because if they were we would all be dead alright if the world was just waiting on that one person to show up dead guess what that one person 
that we all desperately need and crave and wish for came. He's been. He's been here. He walked on the earth. His name is J-E-S-U-S. If we can just learn to rely on him and not rely on ourselves. The Bible says the heart is a deceitful thing. A deceitful thing. It lies to you. What is your heart commonly known for? It's the seat of your... Emotions? Yes. Your emotions. And it's the Bible says the heart's a deceitful thing. And I think it's intriguing. Speaking of the heart... I recently was, I watched a video recently and I haven't really fully fleshed it out, but they're saying that they have found specialized uh, nerve cells in your heart that are separate from your nervous system. Completely separate from your nervous, your central nerve, it's completely separate. And it's that, it's almost like the heart, you know how they're like, oh, the heart remembers or the heart knows and da, 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 all these old ways of saying that the heart has a brain or the brain. It's because your heart is the seat of emotions, and your heart can be very deceitful. Because how how'd that girl put it today? Uh, your something about validity and your emotions. What was it? Oh, it's important to distinguish between your what's val like what's real and what's valid. There are real feelings that we all feel and real emotions we all feel, but if they're not rooted in reality, they're not valid. Yeah, they're valid because you feel like, oh yeah, I feel these, but that does not mean it's valid if it's not put in reality and not based off of reality. And a lot of times, some of those thoughts and emotions that we have that we're not enough, that we're idiots, or that we're dumb, or that we're ugly, those didn't come from us. A lot of times, unfortunately, and the more I've like realized this, it's, I hate to say that we all have childhood drama, but we all have childhood drama we all have something from our childhood that is on replay in our minds 24-7. And a lot of times it could be that bully that you grew up with. Those was like, you ugly, you ugly, whatever. I lived in a public area where we didn't have a lot of Jesus, so they cussed. Um, so, you know, yeah, I would use some euphemisms, but I feel like some ministers would be mad, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but... The thing is, a lot of the times those thoughts, those internal thoughts come from somewhere else. They're not originally yours because we we don't. Unfortunately, humanity is very narcissistic in a lot of ways. And if it was up to our internal true selves or whatever, our humanly fleshly sides, it would be saying, oh, we're Adonis. Look at you. You just look good. You look great. But the thing is, but we, of course, have those external thoughts that are always on replay self-deprecating self-hurting us and so there is a level of self-love that you need there's a level of self-confidence that you need but you, there is too much and there is too far yeah. um anyway back to you well what we were discussing a second ago i mean i have i have a lot of things i want to read you from her book a lot of things i want to talk about because this is something i'm passionate about but i don't always talk about it with people because there's so many people that get immediately offended to say that I shouldn't love myself. It's not. No, you, 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 there's proof that. OK, let me just start from the beginning. Oh, start from the beginning. OK, so. All right. There's never been proof that we have stopped loving ourselves. Now, there are times when you're going through a season of depression or going through a trial that you may not take a bath for a couple of days or you may not. You may forget to eat. Ultimately, though, you still take care of yourself in some way. 
you're all there's no like there's nothing proving that you have ever stopped loving yourself but also we aren't supposed to find our worth in us we were never meant to be enough thus what we've been saying like Christ like we would not be have to have Christ if we were enough in and of ourselves we need him we ultimately need everything about him so to say that we are enough is to discount God and everything he's done for us creation nah we better we better we're enough we're enough and to tag in for five seconds um, the Bible says that you can only serve one master. You can't serve two. You can't serve God and serve yourself at the same time. And by serving yourself, I mean making yourself the center and making it all about you and making almost like making yourself a God. But anyway, back to you. Okay. So I'm just going to read you a couple things that I have marked down that are from her book. So she says... The culture of self-love tells us that we are enough and that until we love ourselves into realizing that we are, that our enoughness, nothing in our lives will be right. We are told that a lack of self-love is why we haven't started that company we've been thinking about. It's why we're settling for the guy we don't really want to be with. It's why we haven't lost the weight or bought the car or done the things we've been dreaming of doing. Because we have low self-esteem, struggle with self-doubt, and kick this and, and can't kick this addictive habit of self-criticism that we are unable to live the lives we're meant to live. Which, okay, that statement right there alone, in the Bible, that would discount everybody. The disciples, anybody used by God, Jonah, David, Jesus' lineage, even like so everything they did just didn't matter <laughs> this, that blows my mind okay let's let's see what's another I have what page let's see seven I wrote seven we've spent our lives prioritizing ourselves our wants and our happiness and guess what we're still not happy so how in the world could it be that self-love is the answer to our problems when there's no evidence whatsoever that we've ever stopped loving ourselves that's what i just said a second ago so the thing is there's a difference between loving yourself and taking care of yourself we've talked about that a couple times but doing what makes us happy is only going to numb the pain doing these things that we consider self-love and and whatever self-care is okay too it's okay to have self-care but when it becomes too much that's when it becomes bad just like entertainment social media music all of this and and too much is bad we talking to you bath bomb lady did you just say bath bomb lady oh goodness i don't know who that is i guess um but okay so we were never meant to be enough i'm trying to plug my laptop back in um also like this is a big thing and she talks about this a lot in the book the self can't be both the problem and the solution meaning i can't if i'm the problem i also cannot be the solution because i'm already the problem the solution has to come outside of me which is what God my 
I, I am never going to be able to find in my flawed self enough to save me, enough to make me happy, enough to find purpose. I am not enough in and of myself. I need God. I cannot be both the problem and the solution to my issues. Okay, what else? There's tons of stuff. I wrote page 10, loving others. Back to what I said earlier. I see you, basketball lady. I see you, brother that likes to just go fishing. Just try, just keeping your mind at ease. I see you. I see what you're doing. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, the solution to our problems and pain aren't found in self-love, but God's love. We said that a second ago. And his love compels us to something much better than self-obsession. It's self-sacrifice. While the thought of putting others before ourselves is considered blasphemy in the culture of self-love, it's the joyous mode of operation for those who follow God. God's love frees and empowers us to consider and serve other people before and instead of ourselves. Translation. We are built for community. A self-love world means we are all on only lonely islands just out there adrift in our own little yacht boats that are self-sufficient. So, No. That is not what we're designed for. We were designed for one another. The Bible from the beginning says it's not good for man to be alone. Which means us alone is not sufficient. We're not good by ourselves. Yeah, we have some decent qualities. We can name some animals, yada, yada, yada. But really, us by ourselves, we're lonely, we're sad, and we're depressed. Just 99% of the time. Now, there's some people who find Jesus, and that's their reliance. They're good. They don't need somebody else. But most of us are built for community of some sort, whether it be a community in marriage, a community of family, a community of church family, a community of extended. It could be anything. We are made for community. Period. Oh. <laughs> okay. So since we're on this topic, I skipped uh, a little further back. She says, why are we trained that love means putting yourself second and those you love first? If you love yourself, then what? You come first. It's worth nothing that sadly their marriage dissolves in less than a year. According to this line of thought, loving ourselves is a prerequisite to loving those around us. That gives us a good even a biblical sounding excuse to focus on ourselves before and instead of focusing on wants and needs of others. The reasoning claims its roots are in Jesus's central command to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we don't first love ourselves well, then the love we give other, or if we don't love ourselves well, then the love we give other people won't be good either. To commit to self-love is actually to commit to selfishness. So this is, um, Um, sorry, I was reading something because I didn't know if I want to add it. All self-love is, is, um, glorified selfishness. Narcissism. Glorified narcissism. To an extreme. I mean, no joke. If, if you, instead of calling it self-love and you labeled it as narcissism, it shifts your view completely. Like if that person says, oh, I'm just doing, I'm, I love myself. But you change that thought to narcissism. It's like a complete different. It gives you different thoughts towards that person. So maybe the self-love that we show ourselves, we should look at. Well, is this narcissism? I've been reading this book called When Narcissism Comes to Church. And it's opened my eyes a lot to like 
underlining narcissism that we don't realize is it um but let's let me skip because i wrote down a couple of pages for this on loving you know others um our minds oh here now let's start here if we if we're honest we're a little offended by the fine uh, by these findings you're telling me that it's okay even better for me to not think of myself highly not to think i'm beautiful or talented or strong or full of potential our minds have so intertwined that self-affirmation and success that we're afraid that if we stop telling ourselves how great we are our lives will take a nosedive into misery but that fear ignores the reality that as christians our our options aren't boiled down to high self-esteem versus low self-esteem or self-love versus self-hatred we choose neither instead we operate out of total self-forgetfulness depending on our own self-esteem for healthy relationships or lifelong fulfillment is exhausting because it depends on a variety of factors that change every day we choose self-forgetfulness and we replace our self-love with god's love which is dependent on a factor that will never change our salvation in Christ, contradicting everything our culture tells us. It turns out that the prerequisite for real love is self-forgetfulness, not self-love. That's a big thought to process. Are you wanting to say something? No, he says no. Okay, he got closer to the microphone. Um, But it's just really eye-opening to see it through that lens that, yeah. Anyways, um, there's a lot of something that the self-love culture really, really pushes is your truth. And (laughs) like what we have been saying about your truth, your truth is not perfect. To say your truth is better than God's truth is to say that you're better than God and that God is not holy and righteous and that's a big deal we only have a limited amount of knowledge and i mean that's i don't how can truth come out of that how can our finite limited selves come up with the truth for the for for everything we don't see everything we don't know everything we don't understand everything so but you know there is someone who does see y'all understands all he gets it brings me back to j-e-s-u-s j-e-s-u-s yes but uh let me tag in real fast something i just thought of while we're talking is again we're not saying that having self-confidence is a bad thing having some pride in yourself isn't a bad thing we're saying when you take it to an extreme is where it gets wrong. So, and I'll keep reiterating that because I don't want you to get the wrong idea that we're saying, go be like, oh, poor pitiful me, I'm no good, but Jesus is greater. Um, no, I'm saying you can you can be happy with yourself and be okay, but when you take it to an extreme is where it gets wrong. So, yeah.
We interrupt today's episode to give you a little bit of information. So if you go to our bio or go to the description of this podcast episode, you will see a link to our link tree. When you click on that, there's going to be some things that pop up. First is A Kingdom of Misfits, giving you every reason why God can and will use you. That book is written by me, Bailey Romans, and we are currently doing this study on the podcast. Um, Every purchase goes to help our AIM trip to Lithuania, which is also another button on here, support the Romans AIM trip to Lithuania. You click on that, it will take you to our bonfire page, or there's another link on here that is our email list. If you sign up for our email list, you will get email updates about our AIM trip and where we are at. We are so close to going. We can use any bit of help. If you would like to sponsor or support us, please message the podcast or message us personally on Instagram. Or if you find us on Facebook, we will gladly uh, give you all the information to help us get to Lithuania. Then there's a listener support tab. If you click that listener support tab, it's going to take you to buy me a coffee. You can buy us a coffee and every bit that you donate here goes directly to the podcast to buy new equipment, to just keep the podcast up and running. Maybe we would like to do a giveaway in the future. This would just help keep the podcast up and running financially. Also, there is another link to Jesus Loves You Clothing Company. This company has awesome hoodies, t-shirts, bags, hats, anything you can think of, they have it. They just release some cups, some coffee mugs. They are awesome. You click the link and that will take you there. Go shopping. And if you use code BAYBAY10, you will get 10% off your order. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode and let's get back to it. So to go with what he just said, she says on page 56... We're not enough to come up with our own truths. Our thoughts confuse us. Our intuition is often wrong and our feelings deceive us. Our desires can be misplaced. And if we put ourselves on the throne of our lives, deeming ourselves our own arbiter of truth, our heart, thoughts, intuitions, feelings, and desires and all we have, are all we have to lead us. We're stuck looking to ourselves for insight that just isn't there. On our own, we don't know where we're going. To reiterate, we would make terrible gods. Okay, that is why we have God. (laughs) That is why he is our savior. That is why he is is holy. He is holy. He is perfect. He can't lie to you. Uh, Jackie Hill Perry is holier than thou book. He would never lie to you. He is not a man that he should lie. Okay? So, you don't have the answers. That's okay. You don't have to have the answers. You have a God, though, that you should trust and lean on and look to that has the answers for you. Something else she talks about is we all have this meology mindset where me, 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 me. Okay, so the problem is that many devotionals are oversimplified and even the best sermons don't offer the wisdom the Bible does. Furthermore, many people 
Many popular devotional authors and preachers today simply don't teach the Bible. Instead, they preach what I call neology or me-centered theology. Rather than teaching what scripture means and what it says about God, they highlight what scripture means to us and what it says about us. Neology seeks to comfort at the expense of conviction. Oh my word. I love that line. That line is amazing. (laughs) Neology seeks to comfort at the expense of conviction. Man. Our truth is that we want God's stuff. And the truth is that God has given us something better than that. It's himself. Man. That is some strong words. Perfect. I turned to the right page. It is impossible to simultaneously submit to the God of Scripture and to the God of self. uh, Jesus defined sin as not just what we do outwardly, but also what we think and feel on the inside. He said it's... He said... It's not enough that we don't commit adultery. We also shouldn't lust. He said it's not enough not to kill someone. We shouldn't even hate them. Jesus raised the standard of goodness to another level, insisting that we love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us rather than retaliate. Read it again. Read it again. From the back row. From the back row Baptist. Jesus raised the standard of goodness to another level insisting that we love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us rather than retaliate. I'm looking at you, Facebook Joe. I see you out there arguing with everybody about everything and arguing about Jesus and arguing about the blood. Hey, chill to chill out. Love your neighbor. Love your... Be kind. Have some... It's one thing to have a discussion, but it's another to debate. And the thing is, people already view a lot of... This is off topic... But there's our people already view a lot of Christians as these hateful, evil people who just don't care about human anything. We just don't care. It's it's just the one thing and that's it. And it's because of people like you, Facebook Joe, Facebook Linda, out there just trying to fight the supposed good fight, arguing everybody, being unchristian like at the drive through. Learn, learn to love Jesus and rely on him. Help him help him check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Wow, all right, all right. That was a little bit of a soapbox. That was a little bit of a soapbox, but we love those here. So scripture reveals this fact to us plainly. Biblically, there are only two kinds of selves: the old self and the new self. The old self is enslaved to sin, lost, looking for love and satisfaction in all the wrong places. The old self is totally depraved, depraved, whatever that word is, hopeless, an enemy of God, and bound for destruction. This is who we are apart from Christ. The new self has been redeemed by Christ and is enslaved to goodness, freedom from the bonds of sin. The new self has everlasting hope, steady joy, and unsurpassed peace because her soul has been saved by God. She is reconciled to him. So, obedience to God and all we do is the goal of our lives. 
which may mean our definition of success doesn't come to fruition. Our call is to do whatever we do in word or deed in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, and to work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. So I kind of want to stop here for a second and reread this one section. Obedience to God in all we do is the goal of our lives, which may mean our definition of success does not come to fruition. So, following God may mean you don't get what you want in your life. And here I say may. May. Example. There's a point in the the book of Acts. Paul and all of his little crew wanted to go into Asia Minor. But the Spirit said no. Said no, 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 no. And then finally he has the Macedonian vision. And he heads towards Greece, which is where Macedonia is. And, uh, or where he head towards modern day Greece, which would have part of it would have been anyway. So you get what I'm saying though, is Paul. So even, even in serving the Lord, wanting to do something good for God, God was like, no, I need you elsewhere. I need you to go here. And yes, the Bible does say he gives us the desires of our heart. In the long run, what Paul did in his life became a testimony and became letters to churches that eventually became our Bible, which eventually has been printed and reprinted over and over again, number one selling book. His words are now affecting parts of Asia Minor where he wanted to go. Churches that are planted in that area. You know, your vision's still there. It's okay. Just know that sometimes God has a better plan. If I had my way... And, and did what I wanted to do, I would not be doing missions. <laughs> My original call, I never, like, growing up, I never felt a call to missions, like, for real, for real. I always, like, I would cry. I would get emotional, you know, when missionaries would come in and give their little, you know, testimonies and pitch, you know, the countries that they're going to when they're raising money. I always wanted, like, to support them and I was like well one day when I have a good job I'm going to send money Um, and that wasn't what the Lord was calling me for and I had to realize that in myself and the Lord had to work on me Um, but I also had to be open to God changing my plans and changing what I wanted my you know there's I would I would love absolutely love to have my own place again to have a good job, a good steady job. I was loving working at the school, have a nice car, have a few kids, just work in local ministry for the rest of my life. But I know if I did that, I would not be doing what God has asked me to do. I have a desire to be a mother, to be a stay-at-home mom and chill at home with my kids. But I also know what God has asked me to do. And I love. I would like to point out how I'm saying what God's asked me to do instead of what God's called me to do. God has called me to be a mother. I know that. To in what way that is, if it's my own kids or kids that aren't mine, biologically. God has called me to be a mother. I know one day I will be a mother, but God has asked me to go to Lithuania and reach the lost and hurting people in Lithuania with what I have. So you have to realize that following God and following what he has for you may mean that you don't always get what you want. You don't 
at least not in the time frame you wanted or the time thing you think of it god's timing is perfect and even if it's not ours so yeah i'm sacrificing what i want right now for what god's asked me to do and i have to be okay with that his he is perfect in his ways he will not hurt you it's man that hurts us it's the flesh that hurts us it's sin that hurts us it's not god that hurts us and anything he asks us to do is not meant to hurt us and cause us pain he's perfect you've got to be okay to change some of your wants and desires for to follow christ just plain and simple that's something that i've had to learn and i wish i could shout from the rooftops there's some people that i've heard that i'm like um they're like I just I I want I want to do this this and this and this but God's telling them to do something else and they're ignoring it oh I don't want to I I know what it's like to ignore God and ignore what he's asked me to do and it just causes more hurt in my life if I push against what I know God's calling me to if I push my callings aside if I push what he's asked me to do aside oh my word it hurts and sometimes we do that out of a place of self-preservation like we want to we it has to be our way or the highway the unfortunate side effect of our current culture in our current world especially with people coming from outside of the church into the church but people being raised in public school yada 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 is that that influence is on our lives it has to be instant it has to be all about us everything is the individual individual centric it's it's humanism it's neo-humanism it's new age ideology that's crept into every crevice of our society especially within the western world and it and without the church and keeping everything in check in a lot of places we would be in a lot worse place um but like Bailey was saying, there's there's things that we know we're called to do, but yet we don't do them because we, in our own prideful self, think, oh, we're not ready. We gotta wait. We gotta wait. Like I was saying earlier in a joking manner, but I also meant it for real, for real, is people aren't waiting for you. The world's not gonna wait for you to get yourself right, to get yourself in a place that you think you're ready. Because guess what? None of us are ever going to be ready enough for whatever that next step's going to be. Or even if it's just as simple as talking to somebody over a cup of coffee one day at Starbucks or at your local coffee shop. Or maybe you're out shopping and you bump into somebody and you start a small conversation about whatever's on the shelf or whatever. And, you know, it's in those moments that we can either take our opportunities to try to reach the lost and be a witness and be a friend and be a neighbor or we can be individualistic and worry more about our time and where we need to be and about how we're perceived and looked at and how we're characterized by people um it's so that's where we are aiming for saying that self-love at its highest peakest most extreme point is horrible it's toxic and and as we move along in time it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse to go with what he just said um, in her book she says when we put off loving other people because it's hard or we think that we need to commit to self-improvement first three things happen we disobey God by ignoring um, people's needs people's needs go unmet 
and we miss out on life-giving empathy, building experiences that make us more like Christ. That goes perfect with what you just said. We're missing out. For one, we're ignoring God. We're ignoring what he's called us to do, which is to love one another. He called us to do that in the Bible. He called us to take care of each other. He called us to meet people's needs. We're ignoring all of that, ignoring everything he said. And we're also, um, we're also depriving ourselves of a learning experience. Learning experience. Ultimately, back to what I've reiterated about two or three times now. We're not saying you can't have self-confidence. You can't. We're not saying that you don't have moments of self-indulgence. Like you just want to have that dark chocolate bar. Or that you just want to go soak yourself in a tub. And eating just to relax your muscles. Or, you know, self extreme self-care, self-love moments. We're not saying you can't have some of those. What we're saying is when you take those and do them to an extent that you're making yourself the center and focus of your life. And even your spiritual life is when it goes wrong and it goes awry. And I'm not saying that there are Pentecostals or even Baptist people that do that or whatever. But this ideology of me, 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 it's got to be on my time. It's got to be how I feel. The instant gratification is creeping more and more in the church. You're gonna, we're seeing it in books already. There's thousands upon thousands of Christian self-help books. If we would just realize that we're David and that we, we can fight our giants and, and you know, yes, there are things from the Bible that we can read uh, and compare to our lives. But when we make the Bible all about us, we're missing the point. That's not what it's about. Scripture's not all about you. Scripture's not all about you in certain situations. There are stories that parallel our life and our spiritual lives, yes. But it's not all about you. It's about Jesus. Our life mission is about Jesus. As Christians, it's about Jesus. And our reliance and what we need and what we what he supplies. It's all about him. It's not about us. If it was all about us, we'd have and and geez. If it was all about us, it would be pointless to be Christian. We wouldn't need a savior. We wouldn't even need the Dalai Lama. We wouldn't need Buddha. We wouldn't need Kush, you know, I can think of all these different gods and goddesses and, and all these different things. We wouldn't need religion at all, period. But yet the globe, the world over has religion upon religion upon faith upon faith of humanity searching for something. And some of them have made it all about the man. Some of them have made it all about that, that certain being or God or creature or whatever it may be or this attainable goal. It, the world the world's searching for something you are searching for something and you're trying every vice and tool to find it including trying to take these self-help courses or you know I just gotta learn to love myself I gotta work on this I gotta work on that and to some extent the motivations behind that are good but when you take it to the extremes like most of the world has already is when you start going awry and you become an individual full of narcissism pride and ego all of which are discussed with by Jesus saying that they are wrong that they don't serve you and then you end up in these cycles over and over again of brokenness because you're on a high and then you something trips up and you get back low and you're like, oh, I just get better if I can just do this better and then you try to do something better and then 
get better and then you have another cycle of crashing you come back down and you're in these vicious cycles over and over again all because you are searching for something and that something is honestly going to be Jesus that's what you're looking for you're looking for a savior a God that wants to have a personable relationship with you over and over again, you're searching in everywhere. You're searching in video games. You're searching in in sports. You're searching in because of the community of sports. You're trying to attain a goal and trying to become the star, so that way you fill that hole of validation that you're seeking within your heart that only God can fill. You you attain for awards and for goals. That's why everybody wants an award. Everybody wants to feel validated because nobody feels validated anymore for whatever reason, this or that childhood trauma, or you're just what's going on in your life right now, or you've made a mistake and people won't let you live it down. You want to feel validated and a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And that thing that you're searching for, that's not Jesus isn't filling that void. So then you go on to the next thing and the next thing, and you try this and you try that, or you try to throw in just a table of Jesus with your, whatever you're searching for. And you're like, Oh, it feels great. Or you feel content, but contentment is also a bad ruler. That's evil. And will just held you down. You have to see Jesus with your whole heart to fill that hole that's inside of you whole heart that that validation that acceptance that love that you're searching for only comes from one place no human can give it to you no faith can give it to you no lofty goal or academia or sport can give it to you it can give a glimpse of it it can give a type of it but it's 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 not enough because it's gonna it's here today and it's gone tomorrow it's gonna it's gonna wither away like a flower it's not enough and it never will be enough. So then you're searching for that next high. But the only thing that will fill you, that will never fail, never disappear, never fade away, never break, never bust, never leave you nor forsake you. And his name is Jesus. Mic drop. You just preached and now I'm like, well, it's in the episode, but I had more I want to talk about. So. Hi. I will give you all. Okay, I guess. Oh, I feel bad for ending the episode there. For not ending the episode there, but I have like a couple more things I want to talk about. But to go with what you just said, I mean, that we have to wait until we love ourselves to love other people. Like this is a lie from the pit of hell. Satan would love nothing more than for us to waste our time with fleeting efforts and self betterment while people around us are suffering. If I can just get that job, if I can just do this or get this certification, I'll, I'll finally go on missions. I'll finally take that step to be a Sunday school director or teacher. If I can finally get married, I'll finally start doing ministry the way God's called me to do it. If I can finally back to what I say yeah, over and over, you're searching in the wrong places, searching in all the wrong places back to you to touch on this marriage thing that's where i was wanting to end this episode off Uh, we're married so we know we've been married for six years we've been together for much longer than that (laughs) we've been married for six years um we know this better than anybody that being uh self-obsessed just is horrible for your marriage um so here let me read you first what ali best says on this the culture of self-love tells us that life's too short to stay in a marriage that doesn't make us happy as a post on a self-love account 
argues, reminder that, or remember, relationships are supposed to make you feel good. That logic makes sense only if the self is the highest priority. But if everyone really thought that way, we would all end up alone. I could just mic drop that right there. To think that every relationship is supposed to make you happy. And if it doesn't make you happy, you don't need it. You're going to be alone. <laughs> you're going to be alone. We understand that survive uh, that survive. Uh, surviving every level of trial in marriage requires a laying down of ourselves for the sake of the other. Okay. What does this say? Uh, a Pew Research study reports that married people are are also happier than unmarried couples who live together. Well, oh, that's something else. Okay, 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 okay. But by waiting. By waiting, you're opening yourself up to getting closer to sex before marriage and wasting. Oh, that's something else. Never mind. Oh, gosh. I lost my highlights. But what I wanted to talk about was that self, there's, where did it go? I had highlighted something. Okay. Marriage is not the goal for Christian life. It's not when our real life begins. Your real life began when you decided to follow Jesus. And because of his commitment to lead you down a path for his glory and your good, you have everything to look forward to. Marriage is just one of the many ways Christians may be called to sacrifice. But nothing's stopping you from loving loving the people in your life today. To think that you have to be perfect before you get married, that's the quote I was looking for, is is not true. You cannot be perfect. Marriage is not perfect. And to think that you can wait until you are perfect for a relationship is not true. If me, so me and Taylor got married when we were very young, very, very young, young. I was 19. I had just turned 19. And Taylor was 21. I think you were 21. Um, If I would have said that I couldn't get married to him um, because I wasn't ready, I would have missed out on so many amazing things in my life. I was not perfect when we first got married. I'm still not perfect. Um, I was horrible when we first got married. Um, I had nothing to offer. I don't know why he married me, but I was a mess. So let me just try this again because something happened to her. A mess is an understatement. She was a wreck, but I didn't fix her. But that was Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But I still loved her anyway. That's all I have to say. Yes, I was not perfect. And getting married was not what fixed me. What fixed me was that I found who I was in Christ. And honestly, I did not start changing until I read this book. Um, it's been almost two years ago. I read it during the pandemic. Um, 
I did not change until I realized that I could never be enough. I was never going to be enough for my husband. I was never going to be enough in and of myself for myself. God was what I needed. God was going to make me enough for what was coming. I mean, I was an emotional wreck. I was so full of anxiety, so full of depression, so done with my life. I was done with my life and I was married and in ministry. I was so done. But when I realized that I was never going to be able to fix myself, it was so freeing and it was so relieving. And the thing is, I was married. I had somebody else. Self-love says if I was going to be like so full of self-love, I would say that Taylor's emotions weren't valid. That his reasoning for being mad at me was not valid because I'm just loving myself and taking care of myself. Okay, when you're married, you're one, so you also have to worry about him. He's your other half. He matters also. His feelings are valid. His emotions, well, unless they're, you know, but that, that's not, how, unless they're rooted in reality, you know, there's a lot. And you have to be careful, but you have to care about the person you're married to. You have to consider them. You have to be considerate and you're going to have to change some things in your life. You are going to have to compromise. And if you're full of this self-love, narcissism, you're not going to change anything and you're just going to make your marriage miserable. Taylor is, I don't know, I think his ADHD brain is kicking in. Sorry, you said no compromise, and I really thought of the no compromise CD from Gateway from all the way back in the ancient days. So, um, I had the no compromise song going on in my head, like, can't be no compromise. I said you have to compromise. But it's a gospel song about not compromising the gospel, okay? Just, just go with it. It was, it wasn't about marriage. It was about the gospel. Can't compromise the gospel. Anyway, so back to serious reality here. But yeah, can't be all about you. There was another Francesca Bella Stolle song that was like, I'm free to be me. Yeah, no, you're not. You're blood bought. Jesus is the determining factor for you, boo boo. But for real, for real though, you have to learn that you can't rely on yourself. At times, yes, independence is great. Independence is a good thing, so that way you can get some things done. It only works on a few things, but in your overarching life, in your day-to-day living, in your spiritual walk, you can't you can't rely on yourself. You just can't. You're not you're not reliable. I'm not reliable. Taylor, you're not reliable. Well, I know that. You don't have to tell me twice. Bailey, you're not reliable. I'm not reliable. So Learn that it's okay to have to be encouraging of yourself. It's okay to have some pride over some things that you can do that other people may not be able it's to okay do. To do it's okay to go take a shower and and just sulk in the shower and enjoy a hot, nice shower on your muscles. Whatever, it doesn't matter. What 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 I'm saying is, when you take self love and care to an extreme that it becomes all about you, even in your spiritual walk, that's the problem. And that's where a lot of self-help is going. It's being overtaken, flooded, inundated by this new age ideology of humanism and neo-humanism and all this other things. 
that it's all about man. It's all about the individual. And the thing is, man alone is not self-sufficient. We, we cannot live on bread alone. Like, the Bible is so smart. The Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, so smart. Read it sometimes. Read it. Read it and realize that it's not all about you. Read it. Read it as a read it as a book of God just telling you stuff. But realize it's God telling you that you need Jesus. And that you need him. So you know what? Go out there. Take that shower. Listen to that podcast. Whatever. But don't take it to an extreme. And even then, be be weary of what you're reading when it comes to self-help because a lot of it is rooted in new age thought and you don't and humanism and you don't want to be swayed by the things of this world you just don't and it's very easy sometimes they word it just right in such a beautiful elegant way that just sounds oh that makes so much sense if I could just do A, B, and C I'd I'd be like E oh but again to do A, B, C, D, and E to get to F you're going to have to forsake some things that Jesus told you to do which is going to be have a community. Be there for a community. Love others. Care for others. Do unto others what you'll do unto you. Give good gifts to others. Even if that means sometimes you don't give yourself good gifts because you're over here thinking you're just a box of rocks. But you ain't a box of rocks. God made you. Anyway, I'm tangenting now. Here, here's Bailey. And I think that's where we can end this week. Um, I will I will link you to um, an Amazon link to buy Allie Beth's book. Um, she has a very good podcast called Relatable. Um, I will say I don't always 100% agree with everything she does because she she talks a lot about politics and it's not always bad there's but like with anybody there's obviously going to be some things I don't always agree with I'm that way with everybody there's people in the absolute church I don't agree with there's people outside of the church I don't agree with there's politics I don't agree with there's stuff I don't agree with that my husband does um but like that doesn't stop me don't spray me with water rude um but um she has some really awesome stuff and her podcast is very good I do listen to it fairly often um, and just skip some of the stuff that gets on my nerves but um, thank you for joining us this week here on Breaking Apostolic Taboo you will hear us again in the new year I hope you have a good Christmas a happy new year and uh... reminder it's okay to do things to take care of yourself What's not okay is taking it to an extreme for the fifth time. In case you didn't hear me, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine time. But anyway, we love you. It's been great. It's been a wonderful chat. Hope you were blessed. Hope, you know, put it on repeat. Share with a friend. Like and subscribe. I've always wanted to say that. Um, I'm Taylor. And I'm Bailey Robin. And let's, let's start, start talking. Talking. <laughs>